Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, everyone. Angela Bowen here, the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast, and looking back at my Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, today I have something special for you to celebrate the holiday of Christmas and Hanukkah with a show that I have not touched on for the podcast, and I wouldn't mind doing some select episodes down the road. That show, of course, is called Boy Meets World. This episode is Season 1, Episode 10, entitled Santa's Little Helper, which aired on December 10th, 1993. In this episode, Sean's dad gets laid off right around Christmas, so Corey vows to get Sean a present for Christmas this year. Santa Claus has a heart attack when Morgan sits on his lap, traumatizing her. Oh boy, <laughs> another Santa trauma. That is not good. This episode's got an 8.10 out of an 8.3 out of 10, based on 178 ratings. It was directed by David Trainer, writers Michael Jacobs, and April Kelly, the creator, along with Michael Jacobs, the creator, Susan Estelle Jansen, the writer, and Jeff Menel, executive story editor. All right, let's see. We get some trivia here. In a 2010 article in the Huffington Post, Santa's Little Helper was listed as one of the TV's top Christmas-themed episodes of all time. The episode originally aired December 10th, 1993, and is considered a cult classic. This episode takes place in December of 1993. Well, that's not really trivia, then, is it? <laughs> um, the sh my little backstory with Boy Meets World is I did watch it when it first premiered in 1993. I would have been right around Corey's age. I would have been 11. And I really liked the show. Um, I eventually did fall off the bandwagon before they graduated high school. So them going to college, Corey and Topanga getting married. I didn't see any of that until I went out and bought the DVDs. Well, I also, I mean, I did catch reruns um, later on when I was in late high school. On MTV, sometimes they would show, like, old reruns, but I never really watched it straight through, so a lot of the stuff was new to me, but I do definitely remember the first season of Boy Meets World and maybe some of, some of the second. So a lot of the big moments between Corey and Topanga, I never witnessed, really, I don't think, when they originally aired. I think the only TGI Friday show I really kept up with was Full House. Alright, here's some goops. In the beginning, Corey is talking to Sean, but there is no audio. Revealing mistakes. When Mr. Feeney reads a Christmas carol, he is saying the ending, but the book is open to the beginning. I will have to keep an eye out for the uh, the audio issue. <laughs> Soundtracks. We have The Trail of Days of Christmas. Will Friedel, who plays older brother Eric Matthews. Main character, Corey Matthews. Best friend of Corey Matthews is Sean Hunter. And at the time in season one, Corey and Topanga are not boyfriend and girlfriend. They wouldn't officially become boyfriend and girlfriend until about season three. So at the time, she is pretty much just a friend. Let's see. We Wish You a Merry Christmas by L Lily Gibson. Hark the Herald Angels Sing by Betsy Randall, who plays... Amy Matthews, Corey's mother, and Alan Matthews' wife. 
and Jingle Bells, also by Betsy Randall. All right, so she gets to sing. She did, I remember her singing in the wedding episode, now that I've, you know, seen the show all the way through. And she's got a beautiful boy. I remember Betsy Randall from when she was on um, a few episodes of Home Improvement back in the early 90s. So that was pretty cool that she got her own, you know, show. She got to be a TV mom because I think she might have been possibly in the running for the role of Jill Taylor until Patricia Richardson. You want to know there is a Titanic connection because the mother of Rose Duet Bucator on Titanic, you know, Kate Winslet's character, Frances Fisher was had actually gotten the role of Jill Taylor, but the test audience is just really her delivery just was more dramatic than it was comedic. So unfortunately, they had to drop her and brought in Patricia Richardson. Um, if you guys are looking for a home improvement podcast, Home and Podcast, I think is like in the sixth or seventh season of the show, covering the show. So they are almost done. But there are quite a slew of Boy Meets World podcasts out there. There have been a few that have cropped up in the last couple of years. The one I read, what, or read, <laughs> listened to was the Everything Sucks Girl Meets World Boy Meets World podcast that unfortunately they've covered all of Boy Meets World. It is um, rated expletive for um, explicit content. Um, one that is currently going that is really good is called the Feeny Call podcast and they are currently covering season two I believe so and it's a really good podcast hosted by um, a guy and a girl so you get two different pers perspectives there. Highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. All right, here's the first review. 10 out of 10. A true gift is given with no expectation. Mr. Feeney. This review was put up on IMDb on February 8th, 2014, and it says, Warning! Spoilers! Corey is hoping for a basketball for Christmas. Sean brags about how many gifts he's getting for Christmas, but the way he goes about it is very telling. Later that evening, Corey's dad appraises Corey that Sean's dad got laid off. It turns out Corey is getting a basketball after all and decides to give it to Sean. Sean gets incensed. One, Corey reveals that he gave the basketball to him because of his dad being laid off and doesn't want to be a charity case. Corey thinks Sean is being selfish. Meanwhile, Morgan is traumatized over being called a demon child by an elf because she inadvertently gave Santa a heart attack. What a classic episode this is. It's full of laughs and situations that will warm your heart. People interpret Christmas in different ways. Christians believe it is the day to celebrate Jesus' birthday. Others find solace in receiving gifts, while others find solace in giving. The episode delivers a perfect message about what Christmas is truly about. I was really impressed. Oh my goodness, this goes on and on and on and on. Okay. <clears throat> I was really impressed with how it managed to obtain or abstain from being preachy. Christmas isn't about gifts. It's a time of happiness and spending time with your loved ones. Some of us don't have the money to get extravagant gifts. Sean's storyline is very moving and emotional. Ryder Strong did an excellent job of conveying his emotions in this one. Minkus has some screen time dealing with Sean. Topanga is still in her strange phase and doesn't have much to do in this one. Funniest moment for me is when Morgan is hiding and Eric says, ho, 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 oh, 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 making a heart attack noise. In case you were confused, this can be watched on Christmas or any time of the year. It's a classic 10 out of 10. The next review, 10 out of 10, powerful. 
Oh, wow, this one was recent. Uh, November 1st, 2019. Warning spoilers. I think this was an important episode because from here forward is when Sean's life in the trailer park begins. Before this point, he actually lived in a house in Corey's neighborhood. This is one of the more important eps for Sean and Corey because it shows how important they are to each other. While Corey does initially miss Steph with his gift to Sean, what he does in the end by giving his money to Minkus and saying it was money he owed Sean was very nice. This F is the first of many times we will see how sensitive Sean is to being treated like a charity case. But the beauty of it is we also hear him express how important Corey is to him in the conversation that they have that closes the F. Sean, are you going to be okay? Yeah, when I've got friends, I can get through anything. This shows how much they care about each other and that they both know that as long as they are together, they will always come out of the bad stuff okay. Well, that was a very nice review. I like that. All right. As I said, you know, I don't think I really, if I watched this one, it was quite a while ago, so I don't really remember. Granted, I was given plenty of spoilers, but I, a lot of this, pretty much all of it's going to be fresh for me, so I'm, I'm excited to watch this episode. Also, guys, if you got Disney+, Plus, you guys probably already know that Boy Meets World, all the seasons are up there for your viewing pleasure. So many people I have seen on Twitter are like, I'm having a BMW Boy, uh, you know, Boy Meets World marathon and binging and everything like that, because it was on Hulu for quite a while. And then, of course, since Disney has Disney+, Plus and... You know, it's a Disney property. They pulled it and said, we're going to put it on Disney+. Plus." That being said, all right, let's jump right into this episode. So I believe this is a cold open, and we are in class. Feeny is reading the end of A Christmas Carol. However, he's at the beginning of the book. So yes, the, um, the goof was right. We have... Corey and Sean, Corey is sitting in the uh, in the seat in front of Sean. He is completely turned around. They, of course, are not listening to Feeney. And the way that Corey is just, his mouth is, like, open and just jabber-jawing, like, very exaggerated, like, whether the director or whoever just told him to just, like, mouth like you're, you know, talking and having a conversation. But, dang it, did Ben Savage, do you have to do it so exaggeratedly to the point of it is just creepy and <laughs> goofy at the same time? Topanga, of course, is sitting right at the front, and she has got her attention 100% on... Mr. Feeney as he's reading A Christmas Carol. Yes, this is season one where they haven't really figured out where Topanga is going to go as far as the character of Topanga, and they just have her kind of as the, the weird, uh, strange, hippie child with her hair crimped and wearing long, flowing dresses. Oh my goodness, Sean! <laughs> he's like, well, wait a minute, because... Feeney finishes the book, and it, um, the way he says, and that the class is the end of A Christmas Carol, the way he says it just sounds like Paul Harvey signing off at the end of his radio broadcast. My grandpa would always listen to Paul Harvey. But of course, Corey and Sean is like, kids, really? 
No, the Grinch does not show up in A Christmas Carol. I mean, if you want to say the Grinch is like Ebenezer Scrooge, go for it. They're pretty similar. And in both How the Grinch Stole Christmas and A Christmas Carol, it is both children, Tiny Tim and Cindy Lou Who, that change the course of these grumpy puss men's lives for the better. They make them see what is important. And that you can share yourself with the world. You don't have to stay hidden. And I agree with Fanny. He's like, oh my goodness. What are you kids learning? What are you watching on TV? You are so lost. So yeah, Corey and Sean are literally of one mind. As soon as Sean is like, where's the Grinch? Corey turns around to face the front of the class and says, yeah, isn't he like supposed to come and like take everything? And Finney's like, oh my goodness. I've been doing this for too long. Of course, Sean asks a question that probably a lot of kids wonder. Yeah, why is it called a Christmas carol? Uh, there's, Corey's even like, there's nobody in the story named Carol. Well, you're right. There isn't. I want to play this clip real quick. This is just, it's funny because, you know, I was this, these kids' age back in, the, in 1993, so I'm sure we all asked silly questions like this, like... And so ends Dickens' masterpiece, <laughs> The Christmas Carol. Wait a minute, that's not the end. Where's the Grinch? Yeah. Isn't the Grinch supposed to show up now and, like, take everything? <laughs> How come it's called A Christmas Carol, anyway? Yeah, there was nobody in this story named Carol. <laughs> Ms. Lawrence, would you please trade places with Mr. Matthews? All right. I'm a hyperactive, underachieving, 11-year-old boy. Ooh. <laughs> I, I meant physically. Oh, well, that takes less of a psychic toll. Mm -hmm. So why do I have to move? We are just giving our view of the book. Yeah, I mean, you say literary masterpiece, we say... Mr. Matthews, I'm less interested in your review than I am that you understand the material. What, in your opinion, was Mr. Dickens trying to express in his Christmas story? That if you're a real butthead, the neat ghosts will take you to cool places. <laughs> so basically, yeah, the boys are just critiquing the book, which, like I said, this is typical, this is typical of any kid today would probably be critiquing it even harder so Feeney feels like, all right, I gotta move these two. They need to separate. <laughs> They're getting dumber by the minute by just sitting next to each other. So, so Feeney tells Topanga change places or trade places with Mr. Matthews there. And of course, Topanga. This is season one. Strange, weird Topanga. She starts to mentally channel her energy into trading places mentally with Corey Matthews. And she says, I am an 11-year-old boy who is underachieving. She also adds hyperactive. Well, he sure is. Remember the 90s where apparently chokers were such a cool thing for girls to wear? Ooh, I'm happy that hasn't come back. I never wore a choker. You couldn't pay me to wear a choker. And Mr. Feeney's like, no, 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 no. I, I meant physically. Like, get up and, like, change seats with him. And she's like, oh, okay. 
Corey, you're asking such an idiotic question. Why do I have to move? Why do you think? Because you're not learning anything. You're just, for the good chunk of that book that Feeney was reading, you were turned around exaggerating slack job there, like goofing around with Sean. And Sean's like, yeah, we were just giving our view of the book. I mean, you say it's a literal literary masterpiece. And we say, eh, him and Sean both. Two thumbs down. Well, at that time, hadn't the Disney Mickey's Christmas Carol come out? I mean, surely they would have seen it on television. I mean, that probably would have been, been their version of A Christmas Carol. Because you know, none, neither of those boys are reading the book. So, Feeney gets uh, out of his seat and walks around to the front of his desk. And tells Corey, like, I'm not interested in your view review of the book. I am more interested that you understand the material. I get it. It's Dickens. It's old English. Sometimes it's hard to understand. It was a whole different life back then, but seriously. We all had to read some of those classics, some more than others. Some liked them, some didn't. I mean, at 11, you're, like I said, you're not really going to be too into the classics, even as a 90s kid. Those books were long, Probably a little boring, just really drawn out, most likely small, tiny print that you had to squint to read. But yeah, like I said, these kids aren't going to have an appreciation for the classics. Tamanga, Topanga, yes. Corey and Sean, oh heck no. So what Corey learned is that if you're a real butthead, three ghosts will take you to cool places. Like, okay. Oh, the neat ghosts will take you to cool places. Well, they'll have you look back on your life and reflect on all your wrongdoings and hope that maybe you can turn your life around before you wind up in hell. <laughs> or something to that effect, I guess. Like, if you don't want to face internal damnation, you will change your ways. Of course, Mr. Feeney does exactly what Sean and Corey did with an eh, you are so wrong. Yeah, I remember this, this opening, and just, there was no lyrics to it, it was just purely instrumental. And Sean, or Corey's dad at this point does work as a manager of a grocery store. That is a beautiful house. We do have a familiar face there for all of you One Tree Hill watchers. This is a young Lee Norris, who before this was also in the short-lived show The Torkelsons in the short lived spin-off Almost Home. He played Chucky Lee Torkelson. But his longest time running was for nine seasons on One Tree Hill. So now we're in the lunchroom and Corey and Sean are sitting together and they're kind of talking about the difference in their lunches. Of course, Sean brought a brown bag and Corey went with the school lunch. I pretty much went with a school lunch from the ages of third grade onward. And I only had a lunchbox for a short amount of time in like first and second grade when I lived with my aunt and uncle. But let me tell you, the worst lunch on the menu had to be the gross waxy cheese pizza with the dried out sauce and the just dried out pepper pepperoni. Ugh. But the best by far, in my opinion, chicken nugget day was the best. 
especially in elementary school when we got them on the styrofoam plates and on a on chicken nugget day nobody waited till the end of course you're always told wait till the end and check under your tray because if you got a sticker you got a prize i think i did once i got some like dinosaur cards or something so Corey's talking about how fish and sticks are two things that uh, nature should never put together of course Sean is like, yeah, PB&J. Two things nature couldn't keep apart. Yes, always the classic, typical PB&J sandwich. You can never go wrong with that. Granted, there are many variations of peanut butter. You got your Skippy, you got your Jif. They got, like, Nutella now, which I've never tried. Reese's peanut butter. Peanut butter is pretty good. Peter Pan peanut butter, that was another one. Yeah, I like Skippy, though. I'm pretty big a fan of Skippy. I was a really big fan of Jiffy Crunchy when I was a kid. I liked the crunchy peanut butter. So I guess normally Sean gets fish sticks on fish stick day, but I guess he brown bagged it. His mom made his lunch and Sean makes a joke about how, yeah, I really, I don't like how the little fish scream when they rip their sticks off. <laughs> so we got uh, Minkus here, played by Lee Norris. Like, hey, can I sit down? Because he also brown bagged it as well. And, of course, unanimously, Corey and Sean are just like, no, you may not sit down. Oh, there's some rules over there. It says no radio, no loud talking, and no shouting. Those are the lunchroom rules. So it looks like Minkus, he's got to have something up his sleeve, because why else would he ask to sit with them? Usually it's like he wants to, like, he's got something over them. Or he wants to, you know, point out how minuscule Corey and Sean are. What's up with it? What do you got going on, Minkus? You want something. What is it? So I guess uh, Minkus thinks because it's Christmas, the season of uh, brotherhood and giving and all that fun stuff, that it's okay that he can sit there with him. Like, hey, we're all brothers here. And, of course, Corey's like, yeah, 9 out of 10 Christmas gifts wool it doesn't matter if it's shaped like socks or a sweater it's wool and it's itchy the gift isn't as important as the thought behind it it says the gift isn't as important as the thought behind it so Topanga apparently is thinking she's going to sit with them as well or she just wants to impart a little bit of her wisdom too Sean of course takes one look at Topanga and says oh my gosh it's a nerd swarm. Minkus, please, shut off your geek magnet. I love how when Topanga addresses Minkus, she always calls him by his first name, which is Stuart, which is rarely, rarely used. Because even Feeny calls him Mr. Minkus. Corinne Sean call him Minkus. Only Topanga calls him Stuart. Out of respect. Oh my goodness, Topanga, you are going full Charlie Brown here, girl, with this commercialism and Christmas and true meaning of Christmas and the frenzy of commercialism. I... Just covered the Peanuts uh, Christmas, and uh, wow, so much talk of the word commercialism. It's mind-boggling. Too much, too much. So Corey looks at Topanga is, and is just like, hey, look, how are we going to know what to ask for if we don't watch commercials? Yeah, remember how great commercials were for toys back in the 90s? How many times would we look at the, the commercial? I want that. I want to get that. I'm going to get that. I want to add that to my Christmas list slash birthday list. They both have juice. 
Topanga, of course, has a nice traditional lunch of what looks like maybe some cucumber slices or salad, maybe some ham bits. Looks like a little bit of a, a fruit salad thing going on, a little fruit cup. Some orange juice, uh, well, not orange juice, but like um, some type of orange fruit juice. Corey's got like what looks like cherry fruit juice. You can definitely tell, like, if you didn't know it was the 90s just by looking at what some of these kids wore, you know, the whole flannel, like, button-up hood, a lot of that stuff, a lot of that stuff in the first season. Tabenka, of course, gives them a nice history lesson on how the Christmas is the celebration of the winter solstice, which starts on December 21st. An ancient tribal ritual whose origins are lost in time. See, I have the subtitles on, so that's how I can read this. And of course, <laughs> Sean is like, oh yeah, yeah, tribal rituals, yes. We were just talking about that in the bathroom. He just, yeah, making fun of her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sean, he will never get tired of taunting Topanga in one way or another. He's like, oh, Topanga, I think I hear them calling you back into your own dimension. <laughs> oh my god. These boys, I swear. You wouldn't be saying that to her by season three, or season two for that matter. Yeah, once season one is over, her um, her hippie garb, her crimped hair, her s psychic visions, all of it, boom, gone. Which is kind of just as well. I mean, as cute and a little semi-endearing as this is, it, I couldn't see this character going on for any long, This her being this way for very long. It would get very old. And there's no way that Corey's going to be able to relate to her and eventually... I mean, he probably would, you know, fall in love with her over time. Well, he does. But this version of Topanga... Mm, she does have words of wisdom. Much like Minkus, too. Both those kids are wise. They are old souls, wise beyond their years. And thank goodness that they are there to help Corey and Sean through their debacle. I love how Corey's like, oh yeah, they're saying, Topanga, bring your aura back here. And Sean adds, and bring Minkus. <laughs> Both with their hands cupped to their ears. <laughs> Both Minkus and Topanga are just like, whatever, dum-dums. All right, so she Corey gives us Christmas tree update, which is a, he thinks, is a regular, a real leather NBA regulation basketball, like the kind that they play in with on um, the actual NBA courts. That's pretty spiffy. Daddy's and mommy got some money. I mean, I have no idea how much those things costed back in 1990. I'd say maybe 20 some dollars of that. And Sean is like, wow, that's a major gift. And of course, Corey's like, oh yeah, I mean, such a major gift that I've been saving up to buy my gift a gift. And Sean's like, what do you get the basketball that has everything? And Corey flashes a $5 bill for his top-of-the-line imitation nylon net. You know, once you bounce that ball a couple times in the driveway, it's gonna look gross. I bet Corey is going to, like, be the type of person that, like, spit shines that after every time he takes it outside to play. Like, waxing it, just like people do with their baseball leather gloves, Wah, wah, you know, leathering, washing the glove or whatever it is, you polishing it, I don't know. $5 was a lot to a kid back in 1990. I wouldn't be flashing that around. <laughs> Even Sean can't believe that Cordy's got five bucks. And 
Corey says, well, yeah, I've been saving up for like a month. So he gets what? Maybe a buck twenty-five a week would be my guess. That would make five dollars. Sean suggests they go buy the nylon net after school. Of course, Corey's like, well, I don't want to tip off my parents that I know what I'm getting. Exactly. You want to play it cool. Maybe put the net on layaway. Just, I'm, I'm sure they're not going to run out of nylon nets. I don't think every boy age 11 to 13 is going to be getting a NBA regulation basketball for Christmas. I think you're safe. <laughs> Akari asks about the update with Sean's Christmas tree. Like, what do you think you're getting? And C Sean is like, Bob Stubchek's Sports World is going to bring over a truck for all the stuff that my dad's getting me. And if you notice, if you watch this episode, Sean, not once while he's saying this, even looks Corey in the face. So you know, like, um, I don't know if there's truth there. But then again... I mean, Cor Sean doesn't exactly want to admit to his friend, like, oh, I don't know what my dad got me. I don't think he really probably got me anything. He's like, yeah, my dad got me, like, everything. And he's, yeah, like I said, he's not even looking at Corey as he says this. He's actually looking down into his sandwich. Corey's like, wow, man, that's great. And Sean's like, yeah, my dad, like, totally came through this year. Man gets, what are you still doing here? Oh, my God, I thought you left, boy. <sighs> Mankus is back because apparently the boys are supposed to chip in like $5 to the class present to Mr. Feeney. Okay, so Sean is the one that's got to give the $5 like for Mr. Feeney's gift. And he's like, look, Minkus, I'll, I'll get it to you tomorrow, okay? And Minkus is like, well, you said that yesterday. And Corey's like, yeah, Sean, just give him the $5. I mean, that way it'll make Minkus go away. Something's up with Sean. He, like, just throws his hands up, like, look. Like, he is, like, done and over with Minkus. Like, look, I just spent my last money on lunch. All right? I'm like, dude, you brought your lunch, though. So, yeah, he just gets up from the table, Sean does, and leaves. Like, something's up. Something is up. The body language, the getting frustrated at Minkus and just walking out of the lunchroom. Now we're at the Matthews home. It looks like Alan's having issues with the lights, which we just watched. Got done watching National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Our yearly thing, I think we usually do it right around the 24th, Christmas Eve. And, <laughs> yeah, it seems like every guy always has an issue when it comes to the lights. They don't work. Some of them are out. You end up, like, knocking the electricity out of the house when you're messing with the um, electrical cords and stuff like that. Like, uh. And what I tell you? There we go. Out goes the lights on the Christmas tree and the ones that are lining the doorway. And the ones that are Alan has wrapped around his shoulders and neck. So Amy and Morgan come back, and it looks like somebody didn't have a good time at the mall meeting Santa, and there's a reason. And he goes over to Morgan, and he's like, hey, honey, did you get your picture taken with Santa? And you see Amy the whole time, like, arms, like, honey, don't mention the S word, please. I just got through calming her down after she cried the whole way home. Yes, there we go, Morgan, she runs upstairs screaming. So now Morgan really has a reason to be terrified of Santa. Whew. Amy mentions about how Morgan was really looking forward, you know, she's standing in line looking forward to meeting Santa 
And Amy just kind of noticed, like, Santa just looked, like, his face actually looked, you know, you always hear about jolly old Saint Nick, you know, rosy cheeks and all that. And she's like, well, his face, like, really looked red, like, really red. Like, he was, like, overheated. You know, I just thought he was, like, overheated. And she adds how velvet is a fabric that doesn't breathe. Well, probably not. So, Alan is like, honey, what happened? So... Morgan climbs onto Santa's lap. He asks her what she wants. And, of course, she says a Susie homemaker oven, which sounds like something like an easy-bake oven that uh, Amy would want, but it's whatever. And she says, then Santa grabbed his chest, yelled, Rudolph, and fell over. So the guy had a heart attack. That has got to be traumatizing for a child. He's going to, like, carry that around with her for, like, ever. Alan is, like, covering his mouth because he's trying to stifle a laugh, like, oh my god. <laughs> I wish I'd been there to see it, like, jeez. Oh, so it's like, really, are we talking, like, eight reindeer pulling a pine box here? <laughs> and I'd be like, honey, um, it's not that funny. I mean, it's a little funny, but still, I mean, our daughter is upstairs crying right now. Okay, so luckily, I mean, she says she thinks he could be alright. I mean, the hitman elf gave him CPR. Mrs. Claus called the paramedics. Of course, Alan the whole time is, like, laughing to the point where his face is getting red. And she's like, honey, it's not funny. Aw, Morgan thinks she killed Santa Claus. Well, why don't you take her to the hospital and, or take her, you know, when Santa gets well and show her that he's not, you know, that he's okay. He's not six feet under. God, they're really busting up laughing. So he's like, well, did you at least tell her that he'd be okay? And she's like, yeah, I just told him he was resting. He'll be fine. But Alan suggests, what I suggest is, yeah, maybe take her to visit him in the hospital. That might help clear things up. Eric comes downstairs, and I forgot, yeah, this is kind of a nickname he has for Morgan, which he calls her Weasel. And uh, he's like, what's with the weasel? Uh, she locked herself in the bathroom, and she's singing, on the first day of Christmas, I murdered Santa Claus. I was like, well, it pretty much is just like she said it there, Eric. So Corey runs in the door, runs over the tree, throws his book bag down, and starts going through the gifts, like, lifting them, trying to, like, check, like, did I get a basketball? Did I get a basketball? Let me see. And meanwhile, Alan is like, hello, son, apple of my eye. No hi, dad. No hug. Nothing. Of course, Eric's like, dad, trust me, there is no reaching him when he's taking inventory. How many kids would have gotten in so much trouble just for going over there and touching the gifts? It's like, you don't touch them until I hand them to you on Christmas Day. That is considered snooping. So, of course, Alan wants to give his son a little lesson here. Like, son, when I was your age, Christmas was about appreciating your gifts. Not tossing random gifts on the floor just because it's what you think you won't like. Like, oh, it's wool. Ugh. He, like, Corey, like, grabs a bag and says, oh, a new arrival, pulls out the wrapped gift, shakes it, and then drops it on the floor. He's like, ugh, wool. And Alan's like, yeah, because the gifts are given with love. And Corey's like, yeah, love, right, glad that's over. It's like, dude, you are this close from getting nothing. So Corey found two, or no, three boxes with his name on them, and only one of them sounds itchy. So he's going to go call Sean. And Alan's like, wait, what are you going to do? And Corey's like, well, I was going to call Sean and tell him what I think I might have gotten. And Alan's like, I don't think that'd be such a good idea to exaggerate about the gifts that you're getting. 
And Corey's like, yeah, but I have to just to keep up because, of course, he believed that whole spiel about what Sean said about his dad coming through and a big truck from the sporting goods store coming to his house. Like, eh, well, he wasn't even looking at you when he said it, so that'd be a red flag right there. So Corey's confused, like, well, what do you mean? Oh, I'm sorry, no. Alan's like, well, what do you mean? Have to keep up with Sean. And Corey's like, well, I mean, Bob Stupchek sports world has been moved its new location is under sean street so it's like this competition between these two friends on who's going to get the better outcome for christmas i honestly think growing up when i was this age i didn't go around bragging about what i thought i was going to get or what i got for christmas i was just happy with what i got so alan tells Corey he thinks maybe sean exaggerated just a bit and Corey's like yeah I mean it's Christmas time of course you're supposed to exaggerate he's like yeah I'm gonna go tell Sean that I got five new presents under the tree it's like ah because clearly Ellen knows something that's going on with Sean that Corey does not know about he is so present crazy that he just can't see what's going on in front of him granted I mean yes he is 11 it is Christmas time, so it's present craze is causing him to be a little less perceptive. So Alan just lets the cat out of the bag in saying that I don't think Sean's going to have much of a Christmas this year. And Corey looks at him and says, why not? And Alan says, well, Sean's dad got laid off. And Corey can't believe it. He's like, what? Sean's dad lost his job? And Alan's like, yeah, I mean, I guess Sean was just too embarrassed to tell you. Which, Sean probably would feel embarrassed. I mean, you'll hear his friends talking about, you know, his NBA registered basketball or whatever. And, and Sean's making up a lie about the sporting goods store that's going to bring a big old semi to his house with a whole semi full of sporting goods stuff. It's almost like sometimes when you're friends and you're talking about stuff, it's almost like you're kind of competing, like, well, I'm going to get this, and then someone, and then your friend is like, well, I'm going to get this, which is a hundred times better than what you're going to get. Like, one-upping each other, in a way. And Corey, this is a bit for him, to, a bitter pill for him to swallow. It's like, but I'm his best friend. It's like, why wouldn't he tell me? So that's why his mom's packing his lunch. Because he normally, like, gets his lunch, like I do, through the lunch line. So... Corey is now relating Sean's situation to that of Tiny Tim from the story of Christmas Carol. Although, Corey calls it just like Tiny Tim in that story about Carol. And I'd be like, what story about Carol? <laughs> of course, Alan's like, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, Tiny Tim had a physical disability. You know, he had to walk around with a crutch. Sean doesn't have that. He may have monetary issues, which then again, so did Bob Cratchit. But, you know, he's not, you know, Tiny Tim had a lot worse than Sean. I really like that immediately, Corey doesn't even have to be prodded. He's like, Dad, do you think that I could give Sean one of my presents so at least he has something? And Alan's like, yeah, that'd be really nice, Corey. Of course, Corey's like, how about one of Eric's? We cut upstairs to the bathroom that apparently Morgan and the boys share because there's a door separating that from Morgan's room and the boys' room. And she's shrieking at the top of her lungs, we wish you a Merry Christmas, 
while Eric and Amy are both on the other side listening, I like how the door handle to the bathroom is a little soccer ball. That's cute. So Eric's like, Morgan, look, Santa's fine. And she's like, no, he's not. And Eric's like, yeah, then why did he just call me on the phone? And of course, Morgan's like, oh, really? What did he say? And Eric's like, yeah, he said, ho, ho, oh, oh, oh. And of course, Amy's like, Eric, what are you doing? Trying to help your sister, not make it worse. I love how Amy is pretending to strangle Eric. Like, oh, you boy. is just ridiculous and hilarious at the same time. So Eric continues with the I talked to Santa Claus on the phone thing and he's like he Santa said you were a very good girl and that I should give you something really special. And of course Morgan's like like what? And Amy's like Eric look if you tell her she's gonna end up wanting it the second you open that door. And of course Eric's like looking at the back of his door where the coats are uh, and he's like, hey, how about my new flannel shirt that you like so much? So she opens the door just a crack and just yanks that flannel shirt right out of Eric's hands. And just shuts the door on it, opens it, pulls it a little farther in, shuts the door on it, pulls it the rest of the way in. <laughs> so it looks like it's the next day or later that evening because Sean's coming down the uh, the driveway there. Or into the yard. And Corey's got a nice wrapped gift right for Sean. And I bet anything, Sean is going to be suspicious about that gift. Like, oh, thank you, you got me a gift. But really, like, I don't think that he knows that Corey knows about his dad being laid off. So, Corey, Sean's a little hesitant. Like, what is this? And Corey's like, open it. It's a gift from me to you. So Sean's like, what, is it going to blow up or something? So Corey's like, I'll open it for you. And he's like, a real leather NBA certified dribbles like a dream basketball. And Corey just pops it right into Sean's hands. Like, I'm giving it to you. Don't you love me? And of course, Sean is immediately suspicious. Like, why would you give this to me? And Corey's like, because it's Christmas. Like, uh, I don't think that answer is going to fly with Sean. Oh boy, Corey, ugh, well, <laughs> apparently they've never given each other stuff for Christmas, so yeah, right away, it's like, seriously, you wanted this ball for a long time, and you were bragging about it, like, the other day at school, why would you just give it to me, and don't say because it's Christmas. Oh, Corey, you are digging yourself into the hole, guy, because Corey's like, oh, well, this year is different, and Sean just looks at him like, Why? And Corey's just grasping at straws here. It's like, oh, it's because you were best, my, you're my best friend. And Sean's like, what? So I wasn't last year? So Sean is like, look, Corey, best friends don't lie to each other. What's going on? Oh, Corey, <laughs> this is going to go from bad to worse. He's like, all right, look, Sean, I gave this to you because I didn't think you'd have anything for Christmas. He says, I didn't think you'd be getting that many gifts this year. Oh, buddy, you're, mm. Digging himself into that farther and farther into that hole. You're going to be six feet deep, buddy. And of course, who happens to walk by on the other side of the fence but George Feeney because he lives right across the fence line. And he's got a little greenhouse there next to his house. And he's got what looks like maybe poinsettias. So he's over 
hearing this exchange between Corey and Sean. So at least he'll have some type of advice to give Corey in a minute when Sean gets PO'd and runs off. But Sean just kind of plays it off like, look, I told you I'm getting a ton of gifts. I don't need a basketball. My dad already got me like two. But Corey goes over to the fence where Sean has now propped himself up on. And he's like, look, Sean, friends don't lie to each other, right? And Cor Sean's like, well, what are you talking about, Corey? Oh, you did not have, Corey, you didn't have to tell him that. He didn't know. It's like, I know about your dad getting laid off. So did Sean's dad work at Corey's dad's store? Because we know that Corey's dad is the manager of a grocery store. And immediately, as soon as the words, I know about your dad getting laid off, comes out of Corey's mouth, Mr. Feeney is looking directly at them. Oh, Sean is angry. He gets right in Corey's face. Like, what? Says who? And of course, Corey's like, well, says my dad. So, yeah, of course, Sean has a right to be angry. Now he's like, what did you do, Corey? Did you go tell everybody that my dad got laid off? So, Corey comes back at Sean. Well, look, Sean, I'm just trying to give you a nice gift. It's like, no, you're doing it because you feel sorry for him, and he doesn't need your pity. Oh, so he doesn't have a Tiny Tim Christmas. Oh, my goodness. Now Sean's calling it a bogus gift. And Corey's like, well, no, it's a major gift. And I was nice enough to give it to you. It's like, he doesn't want your... He doesn't want it. So Sean just gives him the basketball. Like, Here, keep your basketball. I don't want it. And Corey's like, look, wouldn't you rather have a basketball than nothing at all? It's like, yeah, he probably would rather have nothing at all because at least it's honest and it's not being given out of pity like your gift. Yeah, he calls it charity because that's what it is. So I want to play this clip here as Mr. Feeney is giving Corey one of the famous, which will become the famous fence life lessons. Corey is in desperate need of it. What he did was, even though... He thought he was doing well. He was doing good for his friend. But Feeney says, I also know that a true gift is given with no expectation. Like, what Corey wants from Sean is a thank you. Like, you should be thanking me because I'm thinking of you. Because I'm trying to make sure that you don't have nothing to open on Christmas. It's like, yeah, yeah that's all he wants is a thank you. It's like... Sean's not going to give you that. Oh my, it's like, you're doing it more for yourself than you are doing good for Sean. Where's his Christmas spirit? Where's his gratitude? I can name one sixth grader who wasn't paying attention to a Christmas carol. I can name one too, Miss Matthews. Yeah, Sean. Corey. <laughs> no, I'm Corey. You've been calling me Mr. Matthews for so long, you must have forgot. <laughs> Believe me, I know who you are. I also know that a true gift is given with no expectation. What's that mean? It means you gave the gift to get the thanks. I gave the guy my official NBA genuine leather basketball, and he threw it back on my face. What kind of friend is that? You know what I like most about Christmas? I go away for a week. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty special. <laughs> but it's a time of year that you can think back and appreciate the real gifts you received. I don't get it. Friendship, for example, is a real gift. And it's given with no expectation and no gratitude is necessary, not between real friends. 
you think about that. So Corey turns to Mr. Feeney and says, Wow, I know one sixth grader who wasn't paying attention to A Christmas Carol. And Feeney's like, Yeah, I can think of one too. And Corey's like, Sean, as Feeney says, Miss uh, Corey. And of course, <laughs> Corey's like, Wow, you've been calling me Mr. Matthews. I just thought you forgot my name was Corey. It's like, uh, No, you definitely weren't paying attention to the true meaning of A Christmas Carol. So Mr. Feeney says a true gift is given without any expectation. And Corey, of course, doesn't understand. So Feeney further explains, it means you gave the gift to get the thanks. And that is not what you do. You don't give gifts to, give th to get thanks from people and appreciation. You give them because you enjoy their eyes lighting up and that smile is just all the gifts that you, just to see them happy. So what? Corey thinks because he gave him the one gift that he really wanted himself and he just gave it to his friend? Like, that's, like, that deserves, like, you should be thanking me for give, me giving you my gift. And Corey's just like, what kind of friend does that? And Feeney's like, you know what I like most about Christmas? And Corey says, uh, the fact that I'm away from you for a week? <laughs> And I like how Feeney's like, yeah, I mean, that is pretty special. And I like that Feeney says, it, this is the time of the year that you can look back and really think and appreciate. You can think back and appreciate the real gifts that you received. And I love how he refers to real friendship as a gift. And Cardi still kind of doesn't get it. It's almost like Feeney's got to paint him a picture. And Feeney says, friendship, for example, is a real gift. And it's given with no expectation and no gratitude is necessary. Not between real friends, yes. I love, I love Mr. Feeney's lessons. They're so great. And he tells Corey, he's like, you think about that. And he comes down the stairs and says, Alan, we finally got Morgan out of the bathroom. Oh man, what did it take? Did you offer to get her a pony or something? Or a puppy or a kitten? Psychology, as she... <laughs> Morgan comes down wearing Eric's red and blue flannel shirt or jacket and some sunglasses and what looked like maybe Amy's white pearls and bribery. Oh, there's a scarf too she's wearing. So Morgan, of course, has one last question. What happened to that mean elf? Alan's like, oh, honey, he went back to the North Pole with Santa Claus. Oh, uh, Morgan thinks that the elf was mad at her. Oh, I don't think he was mad at you, sweetie. And Morgan's like, well, then how come he called me a demon child? Well, that man needs to be fired because he doesn't know how to deal with children. That is not what you, how you deal with children on Christmas. You don't call them demon children. She didn't make Santa have a heart attack. So Amy just was like, honey, don't worry. He's gone now and you don't ever have to worry about him ever, ever again. Let me guess. Is there a knock at the door? Is it that mean elf? Oh, boy. Oh, my God. I called it. <laughs> There's a knock at the door. Oh, no. <laughs> the mean elf is back. Of course, it's the main elf, and Morgan, like, freaks out and starts running away, screaming up the stairs. Poor kid. So, the elf came by just to give Amy the money she paid for a Christmas photo with Morgan, with Santa. And, of course, he's like, eh, here's your money, bye. And the guy's got kind of a Brooklyn-y accent. Of course, Alan's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You called my little girl a demon child. I That doesn't sit well with me. Bada bing, bada boom, he has a heart attack. Wow, could you be any more Italian, Mr. Elf? 
And the reason he called her a demon child is because your kid is the one that sat on his lap. He was all jolly with his jingle bells and all of a sudden, kaboom! Bada bing, bada boom, he has a heart attack. Like, she didn't cause it! It's like, coincidence? I think, think so. Okay, I want to look this guy up because he looks like he could be familiar, but then again, oh my gosh, who am I thinking of? I don't think it could be. Could it be? Maybe that gross, icky guy from that season seven episode of Growing Pains? I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. Oh my goodness, golly, I am that good. I am that good. It was the same guy from the season seven episode of Growing Pains entitled The Kids Still Got It. Tom LaGrua is the guy's name? I think he's still alive. He was in an episode of Seinfeld also. Married with Children. This this episode of Boy Meets World. Alf, who's the boss. This guy's done quite a bit of stuff. Uh, the last thing he did in 2002 was some TV show called Deep Cover. I don't know what that is, but I am I, mean, I was I, I was just going on the guy's voice. And, and maybe a little bit of his face because he had a little, you know, rouge on his cheeks, you know, for, you know, the elf and all that. But I'm just like, oh, I couldn't believe it. I can be, I can get, like, sometimes I'm really, really good with, like, I recognize that, like, just on the voice alone sometimes. Oh, elf, go away. <laughs> and as soon as guys, like, coincidence, I don't think so. And Alan just slams the door in the guy's face, which well deserved. The guy's a jerk. All right, now it's the next day. We're back in school. We're back in the lunchroom, and Corey's sitting at the table. We see Sean enter, and I'm kind of wondering, Sean's got his bag lunch. Is he going to sit down next to Corey? Are they going to work things out? Corey, of course, is wearing the 90s hood, the, the hooded sweatshirt thing going on, the hoodie, which all the 90s boys seem to be into. Sean, of course, is wearing a cut-off jean shirt with a short-sleeved red shirt with blue stripes and weird zigzag yellow pattern and a blue long-sleeved shirt underneath. He's wearing layers. It's December in Philadelphia. Okay, I guess he hasn't forgiven him because Sean is sitting by himself and facing away from Corey. Oh, Minkus, this is not the time. Guy, seriously? He's like... Well, Sean, it's tomorrow. I need your $5 for Mr. Feeney's gift. It's like he doesn't have it to go away. If people can't do it, then they can't do it. Just take his name off the gift. Stop bugging him. You're worse than Mouth McFadden or Marvin Mouth McFadden on One Tree Hill. Hey. And Sean is like, what are you talking about, Minkus? Minkus is like, the $5 for the class gift for Mr. Feeney. And Sean's like, fine, look, I'll give it to you, okay? I don't have it on me right now. Of course, Minkus doesn't want to hear any more excuses. He's like, look, I'm buying the present tonight, so today's the last day to give me the money. Minkus is really, I'm surprised that Sean doesn't get up and just punch Minkus right in the face. Because he is, like, narrow-eyed, getting very irritated. He's like, look, I said I would give it to you. And of course, meanwhile, we see Corey kind of watching this in, this interaction between Minkus and Sean. It's like, seriously, Minkus, you need to back off. Unless he's $5 short and can't get the gift without Sean's $5. What do you get, Mr. Feeney? I mean, there's like 15 to 20 kids in that class. And if they each chipped in $5, 
What did you get him? I mean, he's a great teacher, don't get me wrong, but seriously. $5 less is shouldn't make a, that big a difference. I want to see this gift. They better show it, because they're harping on it. Something fierce. Art! Ugh! Minkus! He's like, if you don't give me $5 right now, I'm not going to put your name on the card. I'm like, fine, then don't. Go away. Sean's got a hard enough life right now. Stuff's major in his life. And you're harping about $5? Oh, oh, mm. He's like, and the whole sixth grade of Jefferson Elementary, which eventually I think it becomes John Adams Middle School, doesn't it? Later in season two. He's like, everyone's going to know you're a dead, a deadbeat. It's like, Minkus, you are taking this too far. Sean, I bet Sean is about ready to just jump over that table and just slam Minkus's body into that wall. Because I'm getting to that point. He's really irritating me. I mean, I get it. Minkus has his good side, but this is ridiculous. It's five freaking dollars. I say, look, I got five dollars of my own. I'll put it towards it. Just get me the money when you can. Sean is just, like, fine, then I am. And he just gets up and walks out of the cafeteria. What the heck is wrong with you, Minkus? Barty finally gets up and says, Minkus, look, you need to leave him alone. really like Cory's dinosaur shirt. It's really cool and colorful. There's a bunch of different dinosaurs on there. So, Cory tells Minkus, like, leave Sean alone. He doesn't have the money. And I think maybe Minkus thinks that Sean is just, like, messing around. Like, I don't have the money. I don't have the money. It's like, no, he literally doesn't have the money. He's not playing a game with you here, Minkus. So, of course, Minkus is like, well, that uh, puts me in an awkward position. Like, yeah, well... He's like, well, I can't put his name on the card if he doesn't give me the money. Rules are rules. I'm like, are these your rules or the school's rules or just etiquette rules or what? Oh, he's a class treasurer, an elected official. He can't break the rules. They could subpoena his diaries, apparently. What, his personal diaries or the ones that he keeps for the school? Maybe he, like, keeps a list of, like, he's, of course, got to keep a list of all the transactions as the treasurer and stuff like that for the class. Corey tells Minkus, look, Sean loaned me a couple bucks and I never paid him back, so that's why he doesn't have the money. And Minkus, of course, is like, okay, so you're the deadbeat. I'm like, will you stop saying deadbeat? That's not nice. You'd think someone like Minkus wouldn't be putting people down like that. I mean, I know they call him a nerd and stuff. It's like, seriously, you don't treat someone who's not well off. You don't treat them like they're scum. You don't call them a deadbeat. You don't tell, call them a poor person or whatever. Don't do not do that. So Corey's like, yeah, but I mean, I've got it here now, so why don't you just take it? So Corey's like, okay, but just please make sure that you put Sean's name on the card, okay? And apparently his name will have to be last since he was the last one paid. Who cares? Who cares? I mean, I get it. It's a great idea for what they're, you know, a gift for an amazing teacher. But seriously, let's move on from this. It's really dragging it down. I know there's like seven minutes left to this episode, but who cares? Put his name last. I don't care. 
He's got the money. Please stop pestering them. And Corey's like, gee, Minkus, I wonder whose name is first on the list. Ooh, could it be yours? Basically, he's calling Minkus a kiss-up. Or, uh, that's what they're called, kiss-ups, right? Of <laughs> course, like, does it rhyme with stinkus? <laughs> so now we're back in Feeney's class, and he says, well, I hope that since we've read A Christmas Carol, you kids will take a look at Charles Dickens' other classics. Of course, Corey is not the only kid to get this wrong, as he says, no, but I will watch the David Copperfield special. Oh, he's thinking of the magician, David Copperfield. You know, Brad Taylor, played by Zachary Ty Bryant on Home Improvement, probably the first or second or third season, can't remember which, um, when he was dating the girl Jennifer, was really into reading, like, the classics. And he mistook David Copperfield for, of course, he's thinking the magician, where it's like, no, David Copperfield is, like, the long, drawn-out, you know, um, started out poor but worked his way up in the re the world type of person. You know, one of those starts at the bottom. You know, rags to riches type of thing. That that kind of story that's like over 500 plus pages long. Yay, we get to see the gift. Of course, Minkus has to point out, you know, as the sixth grade's class treasurer, I would like to present you with the sixth grade's Christmas gift. What did you get him? I'm so excited. Let's find out. You've made such a big deal about it. I have to know. Open it! I want to see! Is it a book? Is it a first edition signed Copperfield Christmas Carol book? Please, I want to see it so bad. I just want to see it. you made such a big deal about it. Of course, Minkus is like, oh, you cunning bibliophile, you. He didn't even look at the card. He's like, oh, here's the card. Oh, okay. Wow, what is it? What is it? Is it an encyclopedia? It says American literature something? American. Dictionary. I expect for the dialogue to get in there. So I'm like, what is it? American literature? And Beanie's like, dictionary. Like, oh, okay. It's a dictionary. And it looks expensive. What did this thing cost? 50 bucks or more? I mean, if he's taking $5 per kid in that class, and there looks to be like 15 kids... He must have got the most expensive dictionary, hardback, hardbound leather, gold print on the spine, crisp pages with white gold edging. Oh, he's going to read the card. Okay, this is sweet. He says, to our admired and respected teacher. And while he's reading, you kind of cut to um, the kids in their seats, and you see... Sean like side-eyeing like he's I think he's a little bothered it's like because Minkus did make such a big deal about it and it's like maybe the fact that he didn't get to be a part of it maybe if he'd had the money he would have given it and you know Minkus was just being such a jerk about getting in his face like you gotta give me five dollars I need it it's tomorrow it's tomorrow you said tomorrow it's tomorrow so anyway, Feeney says, to our admired and respected teacher, from his dutiful and attentive class. And Minkus is like, I wrote that. And I'm like, yes, of course you did. He's always got to be all like, I wrote that. My name's going to be first. And it's like, dude, you are like, <clears throat> I am honestly, I'm kind of happy that they kind of did away with Minkus's character. I mean, they did bring him back for like, the graduation episode when they graduated high school, but it's just like, seriously, why? 
I really don't see how he would have fit in later on down the road. I really don't. There wouldn't have been a place for him. I mean, smart kids are great and everything, you know, the brainiacs, the what have you, but when they rub it in your face and make you feel stupid, that's what I don't like. And that is what Minkus is. Granted, yes, the boys give him more, you know, than he gives, you know, what have you, but... Of course, <laughs> Fanny closes the card, looks at Minkus like, oh, I never would have guessed. <laughs> and of course, Minkus does point out that all of our names are written below. He says, Minkus all the way down to Mr. Hunter. Ooh, of course, Sean's probably like surprised, like, well, I didn't give my $5, so why is my name there? He says, you all seem to be there. Well, I am very touched. Like, this is sweet. And it's just the look on Sean's face, this guy, oh. He does look a bit confused, like, I didn't give $5, so why is my name there? And Feeney does say, this means a great deal to me, thank you. Apparently this was the very last day of school before Christmas vacation started. And he tells them all to have a wonderful Merry Christmas and a great vacation. Of course, Corey's like, get out while you can, hurry, hurry. Of course, Mr. Feeney's like, don't forget to read two books from the reading list. Of course, Minkus is still there. Corey, like, dips back in the doorways. He says, nobody heard that. Like, yeah, right. So, Sean waits outside the classroom as Minkus exits, and he's like, hey, Minkus, thanks for putting my name on the card. And of course, Minkus is like, well, don't thank me. Your deadbeat friend finally paid back the money he owed you. And Sean is like, what are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense to me. And of course... Minkus is like, it's okay, you don't have to cover for him anymore. He told me how you lent him $5, and he didn't, didn't give it back. It's like, why are you telling him this? I know that Sean clearly wants an explanation why his name is on the card. And Sean is surprised, like, wow, Corey told you that? And Minkus says, yes, and he handed me $5. And Sean is just surprised, like, really? He gave you his $5? The $5 that it took him a whole month to save up? He was going to get a nice nylon net for his new basketball that five dollars and minkus is like well i guess his conscience finally got the better of him minkus turns to go and sean says hey minkus merry christmas and minkus just stops and looks at him like really like you really mean it this is a cute little heartfelt moment quick moment between minkus and sean and minkus turns and says merry christmas to you too such a 90s boy with those neon colors and the layering. Oh, boy. Corey's hanging out in his backyard, bouncing the basketball when Sean shows up. They really have not been talking up to this point, and the first thing they give each other, like, hey, hey, how's it go? Hey. Typical boy response. So this is a typical greeting on the OC, too. So Sean says, hey, look, I was cleaning out my garage, and I found something you might like. And Corey's like, wow, Annette, it belonged, and Sean's like, yeah, I mean, it belonged to my dad. I mean, it's real old, but hey, Annette's Annette, right? If the box of basketball goes through it, that's good enough for me, right? Of course, Sean's like, look, it might not be genuine imitation nylon, but it's like, hey, I mean, he, Corey gave up his five bucks. He didn't have to, and, you know, Sean just wants to do something nice for his friends that, you know, he was going to use that five dollars for. And Corey's like, wow, he's just holding this netting in his hands. Like, wow, I mean, if it's that old, it could be actual nylon. So Sean's like, hey, yeah, you're welcome. I mean, I figure since you got the net and I got the ball. And, of course, Corey's like, wait, what ball? 
And Corey's like, well, he, or Sean tells him, like, you gave me that ball, remember? Like, no takesy backsies. Of course, Corey's like, yeah, I think I remember you throwing this back in my face. Let me guess, they're going to fight over this ball now, right? Like, just give him the ball. For heaven's sake, your dad can get you another. I like how the, this just easy come and go between Corey and Sean. It's like, yeah, that's why they're friends. As Sean's like, yeah, so every time you miss a pass, we're not going to be friends. <laughs> Corey is just grinning. He's like, oh, yeah, you want this ball? You're just going to have to take it from me, aren't you? Oh, typical through the legs with the basketball. He's a Harlem Globetrotter, this boy. <laughs> and they're playing a little one-on-one, -on -one, and Sean's like, hey, you think you can steal this ball from me? And Corey actually does. He's like, wow, I actually did it. And, of course, Sean's like, nah, I let you have it. It was charity. And Sean's like, it's Christmas. So it's all good between the best buds now. They're, it's cool. They they solved it. It's Oh, I love Sean's shoes. Maybe because there's a, a bit of red on them. <laughs> you know how I'm partial to red. Um, so we see the after, I guess this is like the end credits in a way, because we have Amy sitting at a piano with Morgan, and they're doing the Heart the Angels sing, you know, at the end of uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, and, um, I'm like, was that piano there recently? Did they rent it? Because that piano is a big one. Of course the boys come in, it's dark outside, they've been playing the b-ball, and now they're like tossing it back and forth in the house. It's like, oh boy, you're gonna, you're gonna knock something over. As Amy's like, not in the house. I love Alan saying, you boys are playing with that so much, I'm afraid you're gonna wear a hole in it. Like, yeah, the thing's gonna start leaking air eventually. Corey's like, who cares? I mean, it's his ball. <laughs> so, yeah, Amy's like, hey, Sean, you wanna stay for dinner? I mean, it's okay if you wanna call your mom. He's like, oh, well, that would be great, but, I mean, I'm stringing up the lights tonight with my parents, and I really wanna be with my dad right now. Which is understandable with his dad being laid off and stuff. He's got a little extra time to hang out with Sean and just, you know, Sean wants to be supportive and help his dad out. So, Amy, of course, grabs a little tin container from under the tree says I baked some Christmas cookies for your mom and Morgan's like oh yeah I helped and Eric's like oh yeah you might want to be careful when you bite into it because one of Barbie's little plastic shoes is missing oh boy so Corey opens the door he's like hey hoops tomorrow and of course Sean's like well of course I mean you're the only guy on the block with a net so Corey gets a little serious here he's like hey Sean you're gonna be all right and Sean's like hey when I got friends I can get through anything that is a sweet moment to end the episode on. That is really sweet. For heaven's sake, who's knocking at the back door now? Is that that dang elf? Is it is it Feeny, maybe? I don't know. Let's find out. Oh my gosh! It might be the Santa Claus. Did he get out of the hospital, maybe? Let's find out. We do get to find out, don't we? Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I wonder who that could be at the back door. Oh, they rehearsed this. As Eric's like, I have no clue. They all look at Corey's like, oh, I forgot my line. At first I'm like, um, are they, where are they, I thought it was like Ben Savage actually forgetting like his line. He's like, oh yeah, maybe Morgan should go get the back door. Okay, that guy is really aggressive. Somebody go get that door. He's like literally pounding on it. I'm getting frightened. Morgan, go get that door. Of course, she's like, I'm not answering any more doors. Well, we saw what happened last time with that elf. <laughs> They're like, come on, Morgan. Amy takes her by the hand, like, no, we need to open this door. It's the Santa Claus! 
he's okay. He's alive. And Amy's like, well, aren't you going to let him in? And she runs to the door. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's Feeny. It's Feeny dressed as Santa. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is so cool. I did not expect this. It's got a pillow jammed up in front. So he's like, hello, Morgan. I am Santa. And I've just returned from the North Pole where I was just resting. <laughs> She's like, Santa, are you feeling better? We're the worst turtlenecks in the 90s. Corey, Minkus. Well, wait, no, Minkus, Morgan. Oh, my goodness. So he's like, oh, yes, my dear. As it turns out, Mrs. Claus merely undercooked my figgy pudding. I love Everyone's just getting such a kick out of this. <laughs> Amy and Eric and Ellen and Corey are just, uh, this is great. Like, I'm going to go get the camera. <laughs> so Feeney sits down. He's like, well, Morgan, tell Santa what you want for Christmas. And Corey's like, good grades for your big brother. <laughs> and Feeney just looks at Corey like, ho, ho, ho. So uh, Amy's like, all right, everybody, gather around for a picture. Of course, guys, this is a 35-millimeter camera. It's not an iPhone. So she doesn't know what the picture's going to look like until it gets developed. <laughs> Remember those days? <laughs> I like how she has those little cookie tins propped up so that way she can use uh, that like a tripod for the camera. Oh, guys. Because <laughs> Morgan's like, Mommy, why does Santa look like Mr. Feeney? Like, oh, boy. Of course, Feeney just turns and looks at Amy like, hey, this is your idea, not mine. Okay, so looks like this is the end credit scene, actually, with Amy and Morgan singing the Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, Robin Laid an Egg song, which I remember, I think I first heard that in the Simpsons pilot episode. So I guess Amy teaches Morgan the actual Jingle Bells, not the... Batman Smells one, but that was the episode. Gosh, this was so fun. This was so fun watching this. Like, I just, I don't think I, I probably had seen this episode, like, back when it aired back in 93, so I really just, and I only watch holiday episodes around the actual holiday, so, but it was fun watching this. I had a good time, and I hope you guys had a good time listening to it. So, hey, I hope you had a Merry Christmas today, and a Happy Holidays. Bye-bye.